Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Tarsi. It is yet another Saturday morning with the Gardening Gang. Good morning to Sherilyn. Good morning, Pete. Are you feeling love in the air, my sweet? Sure am. Look at the sunshine. I'm feeling love, love, love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the reason for that is, of course, Valentine's Day is on Tuesday. It's the 14th of February. And uh, we're going to do a program today about the uh, flowers that are appropriate for our our loved ones, little gifts, and also mm. how to grow those. And uh, a little bit of a background there that has a Valentine's Day shift. Now, Cheryl, a little yes. history. You've been uh, researching uh, Miles and Valentine. He got knocked over, didn't he? He's <laughs> he a martyr. I'm It's very interesting, isn't it, that we have Valentine's Day? And a lot of people out there say, oh, it's all commercialised and I'm not interested. It's the Americans. But it wasn't. It was your favourite, Pete. It was the Romans who started Valentine's Day. It originated in the third century in Rome, as a lot of things do, when Claudius II outlawed marriage for his soldiers because he thought that single male. Men made better warriors. Oh, it's not like priests. I don't, I, don't think it, I don't think that's true because, you know, being a military wife, I, I think the, the boys and the girls out there, they do better if they've got a good family at home. Anyway, I transgress. Let's get on with it. <laughs> a young priest named Valentine, he didn't agree because priests were allowed to marry back then. Probably a good idea, actually. Anyway, um, let's not go there either. He didn't agree and he defied Claudius and he was performing marriages for young lovers in secret. Oh, he didn't get married. He was marrying other people, okay? I was hoping he was getting married because his name's so romantic. Anyway, this could be the origin of love letters, though, because Valentine also fell in love with the jailer's daughter. Now, he didn't get married to her, but he, you know, he was sitting there and he was so in love with her and he was writing her love letters. Well, he's Claudius, pining for her. He was pining for her terribly. Anyway, Claudius is like, no, nah, you're going to die. That's it. You're going to be put to death. And his last letter to this girl, I should have done this as a fact or fib, shouldn't I? But it is true. He wrote, from your Valentine as an expression of love. Oh, and then people, really? this is the truth. This is the truth. How fascinating. He was executed on the 14th of February, 2017 so AD. So that's how the date became. Yeah. Embedded in our culture. And then later, in 496 AD, uh, Pope Galeus declared 14th of February a day to honour Valentine, who by that time had become a saint. He was Saint Valentine. So that's it. Why we give flowers on Valentine's Day? Well, it's all got to do with the pagans, not the Romans. So spring approaches at a time known as Imbok, which is our Easter really here. It's a star in March. That's what it is. So it's all pagan things. And flowers are used during these festivals to symbolise beginnings, fertility, love, marriage and romance. Mm. So as we're going into autumn here in the Northern Hemisphere, they're going into spring. So it's all about love and procreating and all that. So it's just a coincidence that Valentine's Day falls on the time of giving flowers. So that's where it all comes from. Well, Sherilyn, I've learned something new today, mm-hmm. and it was the Romans we can blame for this, eh? Okay. Mm, always well, the Romans. My favourite in history, of course. <laughs> they were very forthright. Now, flowers. We're going to talk about flowers today. We've got a couple of people who have lined up to talk to. They'll be on the line very, very soon, and we've got some fascinating people. But, uh, you know, one of the things that um, I, at our place, don't really do a lot of celebration of Valentine's Day because our anniversary is only a matter of days after Ah, and that to me is more important up. than, uh, well, we've decided over many, many years together, mm-hmm. it's uh, best to celebrate our anniversary instead. Now, okay. I've, on occasions I've forgotten and been kicked in the shins when I've remembered the anniversary 
days after. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. As as a woman, I'm going to say you have got a great big red flag in the form of Valentine's Day to remind you that it's your wedding anniversary. That's why I Mr. Little, bad. no it's excuse. Exactly ten Mrs. days Little. later. Oh, Mrs. Little, I'm on your side. You need give him a kick. Anyway, make sure we all have to live with these uh, these tribulations, I suppose. <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day coming up this weekend. We're talking about flowers in relation to Valentine's Day, and we'll uh, talk to a guy called Wazza. Now, Wazza is one of our local. Um, uh, I suppose wholesale florist. Wholesale florist. He's quite at a the, character. Yeah, he's wonderful. And we'll talk to him next at Coast FM with the Gardening Gang, being sponsored today by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at Wyoming, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy, welcome to the Gardening Gang today. And with Valentine's Day on Tuesday at oh. 14th, thought I'd talk about uh, the kind of you know nice flowers that could be appropriate Ooh. for your car. Now we've got water on the line here from the Central Coast Flower Markets at Erina Heights. Very prominent location, prominent flowers. Water, welcome to the mic. Welcome Hello, to the show. Thank you so much, guys. How are you all? Uh, <laughs> well, it is it is the time was well, it's the time of love, mate. It is like, you know, Valentine's Day coming up. It's you know, it's it's kind of the opportunity to reward the one we care about with something nice. Now I'm sure Absolutely. that uh, Cheryl will be thinking about flowers for me, but in the oh, event yeah. that she's like to just give advice today, mm. would that be like? Uh, I'd like, like to give what? some advice about flowers. Uh, what uh, what, are the, what are the hot uh, styles of flowers for this season, my friend? Obviously roses. You know everybody goes for roses. Um, got all the coloured roses, and um, mm-hmm. but red red I think red is the most. Definitely the most popular, yes. um, the most expensive as well. So yeah, but um, uh, but no, it's um, it's just, it's just you know, this is a, just very traditional, I suppose. Red and and pinks, pinks go well as well. All the other color roses. Right. Uh, we've got we've got big big range of imported roses, and the um and the most important is the local ones. The local roses are beautiful, oh. have a lovely fragrance. You know, the Mr. Lincoln's double delights, and they're yeah, beautiful, beautiful color as well. So are roses oh, yeah. still very popular with people at Valentine's Day? Is that the uh, most popular? They thing? are. I think. I think what 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 sort of put a lot of people off? I think the the pricing of roses these uh-huh. days. That's why I um I advise a lot of people to go for the local roses, or alternatively, go um I think maybe uh, uh, dahlias are another popular flower. Oh. Dahlias and jebras, yep. Yep. They're really, really uh, stunning at the moment, the dailies. We have them delivered every single morning, oh. local as well. They come from Conura and Mangrove Mountain. And what sort of colours are the dailies in? Yeah, so you've got red, you've got red, you've got white, mm-hmm. um, pinks, you've got um, yeah, soft pink, hot mm. pink. There's so many beautiful colours, yellows and oranges. And I think I'd beautiful. like that. I'd like a night because they make yes. big bunches, don't they, I'm Dally's taking notes usually? here, Sherlyn. You're taking notes. Absolutely. <laughs> you're going to get them. Could be my wife, yeah. <laughs> yeah you've got to stop flirting around, Ish. Yeah, 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 stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> but what's that? What sort of flowers yep. do the younger folk like? What are they sort of gravitating towards? You're talking about under 25, I'm under talking, 30? Yeah, I'm yeah, talking I, under 30s, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I'm, I'm thinking jebras. I reckon jebras and dahlias—they dahlias, loving the dahlias. The, uh, the young generation, sweet, but but I, I, uh, oh, jebras, jebras, another big, big yeah. color. Jebras, and and you know what? A lot of young people are going back to lilies. 
oriental lilies now they've really? got they have that nice fragrance yeah and chrysanthemums as well the chrysanthemums they're, they're uh-huh. pretty popular they're more of a uh, Mother's Day, but no, the, the, the young generation like them because they're oh, affordable. Okay, they're, oh, and okay. baby breath. Baby breath has to go baby's with everything. Baby's breath is back baby's in. Baby's breath. What? That's the one, yeah, back in, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the nice Easter daisies as well, beautiful oh, Easter daisies. Oh, it's a good time for Easter I've got to ask a question, Was it? You know, some people may Tell be uh, heavily, you know, indebted because of the rising interest rates. These mm. are some of the younger ones. Yes. Uh, on the cheap side, if yep. it was just you know, if there was limited funds, where are we yep. going there? What are your recommendations? On oh, I, I, I recommend the local roses. I mean, you know, they'd never last as long as the imported roses, but mm-hmm. local roses, you know, they, they're really, really affordable. They really they're are. Fragrant. Like they're half, yeah, they're fragrant, and they're half the price of the um uh, of the uh, imported half. roses. Half the price. Half the and price. here's yeah, the thing: sure. you are supporting local growers as well. I think. I think the, the uh, <laughs> thing is that I, I was going to say. I think the motivations of money. I the think, motivations yeah, of money in that regard. Yeah. But you know what you could That's, say? You could say, "But I'm supporting local baby. I love you. Yeah. And I love the Central Coast." <laughs> oh, sounds good. Sounds good. You like that? <laughs> it's a big day, you know. Really, it's the second biggest day of the year for us. Oh, After second, Mother's, Day. Mother's Day. Day. Oh, Mother's Day. Oh, Mother's Day, yeah. Long shot. Mother's Day and then Valentine's and you've got Christmas and uh-huh. yes, I know. I would say yeah, that no. more people have mums than have partners. You know <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody's mate, got yeah. a mum. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got a mum, not everyone has a lover. That's an old <laughs> saying, it's true. But here's, okay, here's my thing, you've got to love your mum. You could get your mum flowers for Valentine's Day listening you to can. Yeah. You can. You can. You can. Why not? Is on it, go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, right. yeah. Look business. Oh, no, not <laughs> that. Go on. So, hey, was yeah, no, yeah. Is your well, hey, was is your business a, a kind of a um, wholesale nursery? Is it? it? It look, it's a whole lot of uh, 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 fresh cut flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've yeah. done so many pots. The only orchids, you know. But uh, but but yeah, no, it's all made just fresh cut flowers and. Um, yeah, but you know we we sell over three thousand bunches a week here, so we, yeah, we do Whoa. we're doing really well. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, a little plug for you. Customers. Little plug <laughs> for you, Erin Heights there. Erin Heights on the main drag. On the main drag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're on the main drag, so plenty of parking, the mm. inside parking on on the main street. So yeah, you okay. can't, can't go wrong. We stand out well. Thanks, Wazza. That's well, uh, great Valentine's advice there right. from one of our local And we're opening, we're opening from 5am to 8pm on, on Tuesday. So 8, 8, 5am, we'll, we'll, we'll be setting up. No uh, excuse. Okay, here they no there is no it. excuse not to get flowers. <laughs> that's it. Wazza's well, there at 5am until what time? I worked, oh, what's that time again? From 5 o'clock you're open, huh? Yeah, from 5 yeah, to 5 o'clock, 5 a.m. Fabulous. Yeah, 5 a.m., yep. Go on, go on tell the garden gang sent you. Okay, Wasso, thank you, mate. <laughs> Have a lovely uh, Valentine's Day. In fact, every day is a great day when you're surrounded by flowers. Of is that course right? it is. You know? Thank <laughs> you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful uh, Valentine's weekend, and we'll see you guys soon. All the best. Now, that's Wasso there on Coast FM from the Central Coast thank Flower you. Markets. It's the Gardening Gang, Saturday morning with Pete and Sherilyn, and now joined by MC Microbe, who's got the goss He's on the garden. He's always got the goss. I love his goss. Okay, this is the goss of the gardening wealth. Heard first right here at Coast FM. Good morning to you, MC. Uh, good morning, gang. Good to speak to you again. Well, mate, I'll tell you what. You may be able to shed some light. Yeah, well, I guess uh, the goss this week, uh, it's, it's all about our songbirds. We know how important they are. We know music is a universal language, and it's, it's 
inspired from all of our surroundings. And one of the biggest things is from our wildlife, I guess, the natural world. Mm. And the kookaburra sits in the old gum tree. You know what I'm talking about? Are they but threatened, now, are now, they? Unfortunately, um, gardeners who use pesticides are contributing to the decline of, of songbirds. A new study has found that happened in England. Mm-hmm. And they could possibly happen here in Australia too. What? So scientists are urging people to stop spraying their gardens with poison, essentially, to in order to, to halt the bird decline and to adopt yeah, instead uh, wildlife-friendly practices. Yes. Well, now we're talking about uh, weed killers and the like, are we? We're talking about those well-known brands, starting yeah, with R, you know for example. You know what I'm mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to mention? Roundup and Roundup, Gallup, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the deadly chemical Gallup. pesticide in there. I, I don't think we'll get sued safe. for saying their name. No, I'm not going to get. I'm not uh, So what's what's happened? They, they found in the UK that the songbirds won't go near gardens that have been, uh, shall we say, uh, over over sprayed with? Is it or, or any spray? There's less some songbirds in the area. That's what I'm reading here. That the thing that yeah, they're, they're actually turning them. Turning oh, yeah. them mute, so they oh, won't. Yeah. Um, they won't sing anymore. And may, maybe killing oh. them as well. I think. I think they're dying. So is this the first you've uh, you've heard of this? I know, for example, you're very anti chemicals, so is Sherilyn. Mm-hmm. But is this particular uh, study only in the UK, or would that um, impact us anywhere? Yeah, it's impact is anywhere really. I'm also a big a big fan of birds too, and love to have birds in my garden. So. It's interesting to find out that even just the use of pesticides and glyphosate in the in the, the garden can work its way up the food chain to, oh, to the birds yeah. and reduce their their presence in the in the trees and, and the bushes too. So in, in even our slug pellets um, also oh. seem to have an impact on bird sightings in gardens where um, they're used. The house sparrow numbers were down by almost 40% apparently. 40%? That's now, a lot. Which is I've, pretty huge, yeah. I've, I've heard stories from American visitors who come out to Australia for the first time. One thing they're amazed about and make comment about is how much wonderful bird song there is just in the everyday environment. I'm, I'm you know? laughing because my American friends complain about it. They're like, how do you Too ever birds. sleep? Yeah, they, oh. go, they just go, and I go, I don't, it's kind of noticeable. So maybe the, yeah. the damage has been done overseas, <laughs> yes, already, particularly in the USA. I think you're on, think you're on But it. while we have the opportunity here in Australia mm-hmm. to uh, preserve that uh, Well, I think what MC's brought to light is it's something that MC particularly has been talking about ever since we've had him on the show, is we really need to, to be aware of not using these chemicals, but now this is the first scientific study that's come out that has affirmed this, that there is actually a a, a measurable result, a bad one, if we're using it. Well, so thanks uh, for that, MC. walk outside. If your birds have stopped coming around, there could be well a reason for it. Mm, you know what I mean? Go organic, go... Well, yeah it's, yeah, it's all about uh, preserving our bird life and uh, our way of life as yeah, well. totally. You know? Yeah. The research also found that those who adopted the wildlife-friendly practices, such as planting native shrubs and, and flowers and such, even digging ponds, putting water out for birds, yeah, more reason for, for you to practice gardening yep. um, in, a, in, in a friendly way rather than... It's too, it is Environment, too to, Yes, in an environmentally the, friendly way is correct, mate. That's the way you yeah, do it. It. Uh, it, is, gut- it is too easy just to bring out the Roundup these days, mm. um, but it's just, the effects are so much greater than you realise. 
Now, the gardening goss uh, last week, uh, MC Microbe, uh, featured a story that our local councils may well be increasing the cost of uh, uh, land, rent and the like for our community gardens here on the Central Coast. Interesting that the council came out this week and poured a bit of cold water on that. The uh, they have they replied. They backstepped or whatever. Oh, but, I don't know. Uh, Make of it what you will. But uh, yeah, they have actually released a statement. Uh, MC and Pete, would you like to hear it? Just briefly. And yeah. said, uh, well, they've said a few things here, but they said that they feel that their fees are already quite minimal because of the things that they provide people who have a community garden. Uh, their, their actual word-for-word word last line is, council has no plans to change the current fees and charges for community gardens. Wow. There could be a win there for everybody mm, in community garden life. It could be. And uh, maybe one for the gardening gangers too for uh, getting so. behind that one. So mm. thank you, MC, for Thanks, bringing that to our attention last week too. So it's worthwhile. It's called The Goss every Saturday morning here it at is. Coast FM. Thank you, MC Microbe. Thank you, gang. Speak to you next week. Coast FM 963 on a Saturday morning and what a beautiful day it is for the gardening gangers to get out there and enjoy their garden before it gets too hot. I think temps today in the uh, low 30s. So oh. maybe get all your work done by about early, early. 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Yes. That would be wise. And of course, as we say here, Sherilyn, it would be a bit of a slip, a slop and a big hat. It would be a slip, slop and a big hat and it would be also making sure all of your plants are getting water, moving things into the shade or putting some shade over them as well. If you've got some of those lettuce out there, a lot of people are putting lettuce in still, they can bolt quicker than a rabbit going across a field. <laughs> I've been intrigued by the comments in the previous interview. We talked not so much MC, but uh, was mm. about the fact that dahlias have become back in fashion again for the younger generation. Isn't that amazing? Boy, oh boy, that's really coming back uh, several, you know, decades. Daily, I hadn't heard of the name before. Well, I'm just trying to think how far back one would have had dahlias in the conversation about flowers. They're, look, they're, you, they're a fascinating flower too. You know, I love my botanical history. Dahlias actually come from Mexico. That's where they come from. From They're originally from there. And they're the national flower of Mexico as well. One of my favourite oh, really? places in the world as well. Now, the interesting thing is that the Aztecs used them as food and medicine and they were known as being somehow the cure or something very, very special. But we can not, all botanists have never been able to find out exactly what that is, but it's mentioned all the time that these are the, the, the cure-all plant. And the other thing is, now gardeners who breed flowers, especially if you've bred dahlias, will know this, that when they first started out, they looked very different. They originally looked like pretty much like a, a sunflower, a big daisy. They didn't have all of those lots and lots of petals. They just had single lot of petals. Now, somewhere they actually then began forming those extra petals and botanists can work this out scientifically, how this happened because of breeding and that. They've never been able to figure out how that actually happened. It's a botanical mystery. Oh, a bit of a climate so, change issue yeah. or something that occurred I back hundreds no, of years it, ago? No, no, it happened a long time ago. It happened oh, hundreds, thousands. And hundreds thousands of years ago. Maybe probably. a million. That's it. Oh, but okay. <laughs> they're, they're, they're very, very popular and in the Victorian era, they were incredibly popular. So you're right, Pete, I know you're not that old, but they're, they're, they were very very popular back then and they were known as symbols of devotion, love, beauty and dignity and if you gave it to somebody it, it just meant that you thought that they were just the most beautiful person and right? love them. Precious. Very, very precious and these days, yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's the boho sort of 
craze or whatever, but they are popular, <laughs> as Waza said. Adalia and also a tequila, both from Mexico. <laughs> 23 minutes before 9 o'clock with the gang this morning. And a lady called uh, Susie Graham came our way Gina. this week. We're going to talk to Susie very soon. Mm-hmm. She's a permaculture expert. More talk about growing flowers for Valentine's Day at your home. Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy, it is that gardening gang of the air every Saturday morning here at Coast FM. Valentine's Day coming up and we're mm-hmm. sort of on that Valentine's, you know, love your neighbour, well, love your lover, love your lo- with flowers, <laughs> of course. And uh, we've had a talk to Wasser about uh, the cut flower market, mm. but Susie German from uh, the peninsula is a permaculturalist and would like to get uh, her views on the, uh, you know, the way we can treat our flowers in our garden oh. as beautiful gifts. And a little birdie told me that she actually grows edible flowers as well, Pete. Oh. Want to eat some? Well, this is Susie. Hi, Susie. I'm feeling hungry for Hi, knowledge, Susie. Hi, Caroline. Hi, Pete. How are you both? Very well, thank you, Susie. What's your That's game? You into edible flowers? Are you? I'm into all sorts of flowers. You know, why not eat them? They yes. provide us with so many different nutrients, so uh, they're just a great thing to include uh, in our garden. Okay, um, well, I can yeah. see your point. We're, we've had a program before about edible flowers and it was quite popular, wasn't it? It was really popular. I you think know? that was a couple of years ago. Pete, maybe we should uh, do one again with Susie. What sort of edible flowers are you growing at the moment? Oh, well, at the moment, being summer, we've got zinnias, marigolds, uh, dahlias. They, they tend to be a, a favourite of mm-hmm. a lot of people. And cornflowers are still going, uh, snapdragons. Uh, all the herb flowers, the vegetable flowers. You know, when we think of flowers, mm. we often just think of the cut flowers. But really, I mean, it, it, it's as limited as your imagination is. Yeah, and anything that flowers can be considered a cut flower, actually. It really just comes down to what you're after. And what you're going to do with it. So if I'm yeah, going to like- grow on the... And I've just heard you say Dahlia's and was was saying that he was selling... Dahlia's from Colnura. That's what yes, he was saying at his flower was. market, and you've just piqued my interest again. So mm-hmm. what sort of flowers are you growing that you would suggest are easy to grow on the central coast? It really depends on the season, so that's a good starting point. But mm-hmm. if you were to think of uh, things that you would want to plant, uh, right now uh, it's still early enough to get your sunflowers going and growing. Ah. Uh, guineas are an absolute favourite because they come in a whole range of colours and sizes so you can get the really flashy pom-pom double pom-pom zinnias or you can go for things that are low growing marigolds mm-hmm. uh, cosmos are great oh they make good cut flowers they do and all of these plants that i'm mentioning are really easy to grow from seeds so even just putting those seeds straight into the get, uh, ground and getting them going yes all of those and what about roses it's it's a it's a bit of a i'm going to say a bone or a thorn of contention with some people <laughs> but are you growing roses yourself i am yeah i've got about 27 different varieties of roses in my suburban backyard so it is possible on uh-huh. sand as well i might add right uh, yeah so really soil preparation is a good start and also given that they're perennials giving them a few years to really settle in uh, and giving them a bit of a prune help but the main thing with roses is that because our uh, summer's quite warm, you might find that you get a really good flush in spring and mm-hmm. in autumn. Just keeping the water up on them, if, if that's possible, mulching mm-hmm. them really well mm-hmm. uh, and just um, giving them a bit of space. Of course, uh, where I am, it's quite airy. And so as a result of that, I can grow things a lot closer. But if you live somewhere where, say, if you're in the hinterland or you're tucked in and you don't get that mm-hmm. flow, 
then definitely mm. giving them a lot of space is useful because they can be prone to disease. And one of my favourites that I'd like to suggest uh, that flowers prolifically, uh, pretty much non-stop, is the burgundy iceberg. Ah, popular for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Those petals look gorgeous when you're thrown upon a bed as an invitation to engage in wonderful moments on Valentine's Day I'm talking about. Well, you see those things on TV. Susie, tell me, tell me, you're a... You're a lady of knowledge. You've seen those TV shows where the men or someone's gone and sprinkled those lovely petals in the, be, in, petals. The, in the boudoir to oh, engage. Where have you been, Pete? Well, it's all about <laughs> love, isn't it? I mean, Valentine's Day. Can I ask a question without notice? I'm, on the flowers, we're just getting away from uh, talking about the, um, the edibles. If you take off to the western farmlands of uh, New South Wales, out towards uh, places mm-hmm. like Orange and Dubbo, there are huge plantations of sunflowers, these massive plantations. They go on as far as the eye can see. Now, they are ultimately used for oil, oil production here and, um, you know, for cooking oils. Yep. But are they, mm-hmm. of their own nature, able to be eaten off the vine? ファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファンファ
So get down there. Get down down there. Now, Vicky, good morning. First question morning. for you this morning is, what is hot in the Central Coast nursery industry at the moment? Alrighty, so Forrester's Beach Garden Centre have got lovely flowering Bambino Bougainvillea, the compact variety, which is great in a hot spot or in a pot. Burbank House and Garden at Erin Heights has got your Valentine's present sorted. As always, a great range of gifts and gorgeous big blooming red anthuriums, way better than cut flowers. <laughs> and Leron's Garden World at Arimba have got dwarf jacarandas and they only grow up to two metres in the garden. So, oh. geez, it's a great week for small things. Oh, that's a... <laughs> Pete. Oh, sorry, I meant Pete. You like jacarandas. You like jacarandas. Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, there you go. You get a little one. You get a little a mini jacaranda. Jack. A mini jack. Get two metres tall. It's great. That wouldn't be mini. It wouldn't be exactly oh. a bonsai, would it? No. No, they no. grow really two no. Meters. But jack, jacarandas grow, you know, I'm like this, you know, how tall they grow. They grow like two stories. No, but they grow like two stories. I'm sure that, that they've yeah. got small ones there. This is You're a great right. solution. And they turn colour every year, around about October. I yes. know that yep, for a Yep, they fact. get to Lee Rose Garden World at Arimba. I'm off. Okay. But come uh, here first. Any more of the uh, what's hot? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, tell us what's hot at Narara Valley Nursery. Here's your t- turn to start, my dear. <laughs> well, this week I thought that it was really hot to mention all of our flowering plants. So mm. we've got a few good displays of flowers for everybody. We've got... Dazzling dahlias, fiery dragons, breath, limonium perezi blue, which I know Sherilyn will know make awesome cut flowers. They do. And they're super tough plants too. We've got gaura, also known as the butterfly bush, and beautiful echinacea, whose flowers look like little Mexican sombreros. They do. I love echinaceas. I love them. They're beautiful. Me too. I love them too. They're beautiful. Oh, and I forgot about our little angelonias. We've got angelonias too, and the native bees, for some reason, just absolutely love angelonias, and we've got them in pink, mauve, and white. You know why? Because they got their little. That's it. And the, the the bees feel safe going in there. I think they're like, I can get in there, and they don't have <laughs> the big honeybees going. Get out of the way! Um, you know, they they have it all to themselves. That's There's no war on there. Mm. <laughs> so, what's not so hot in the gardening world? Oh, this week it's onion weed. Oh my goodness! <laughs> if I had a dollar for every person that contacted us about onion weed, what's the solution? Okay, so the best way to get rid of onion weed is to stop the bulb storing food for future growth. And this can be done by repeatedly cutting or mowing the foliage down to ground level. And also it can be noted that you can eat every part of the onion weed. So just eat it, put it in your (laughs) stir fries or put it into a salad. Mm. Or if you like to be the garden Nazi, you can use glyphosate. So repeatedly, you know, Putting glyphosate on that uh, onion weed yep. will definitely control it after repetitive use, but it's non-selective, so just make sure that you're not putting it on anything else because it will destroy your lawn well, and other plants we around. Would, we've discovered today from MC Microbe, it's also affecting bird life too. That's found this uh, glyphosate mm. will cut out the bird song because they send them oh, mute for whatever reason. Anyway, they, oh, a bit of a campaign do. today. Okay, <laughs> on that... Point. Let's move forward to the next exciting segment of the yes. radio show, which is the gardening gang game. Is it a plant fact or is it a fib? A plant fact or fib? You ready? And I right. So You're many leading. people play along at home. So come on, quick, everybody, ready for this? Sitting down. It's all about flowers today, and I've got a flower fact or fib for you. Flever. 
That's right. I said Flether. Flether, it was a chance discovery. And it took place when a team was working on other flower waste products in India. Because India used lots and lots of flowers and in their celebrations and in their temples. And then they have all this waste. And it's horrible. It's a, it turns into a toxic waste everywhere as it all disintegrates everywhere. So this couple of young blokes, they were like, what are we going to do with it? They started collecting it all and they made a leather made out of flowers, and it's really popular today. It's fantastic. So I'm saying that that is a fact, that you can now buy leather that's made out of flowers called Fleather. Fleather. New on me. Fleather. What do you reckon? I'll give you a chance oh, to make the uh, the call. I really hope it's true because that sounds amazing, but I've never heard of it before, so I'm going to go false. Yes, I'm inclined to be the same uh, opinion. I think it's a false statement. Oh, I just love winning all the time. It's absolutely <laughs> true. In 2015, a couple of young fellows. <laughs> I know, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Oh, there's a whole lot of people. And the process is called Phil, P-H-O-O-L. And uh, they, 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 it's, uh, his name was Ankar. And I'm, I'm I'm not a fluent Indian speaker, so I'm sorry. And Ankit Angarwal, and uh, they, they he talks about pioneering the flower cycling technology, and initially started as an effort to stop the polluting of the river, rivers, and then realised that maybe we could do something else with this. And they now make flowers. Since 2015, more than 11,000 metric tons of flower waste is collected every single day and turned into insects. Incense sticks, cones, colours, vermiculture, compost, fluorophone for the floristry industry. That's nice and uh, it's not it's it's biodegradable and leather. Well, I think Vix is waiting for someone to give her a pair of leather boots. Yeah, I was going to say next week if we get it wrong, Pete, just cut a mic off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Vix. Have a nice weekend and thanks for your yeah, contribution today to the leather world. Thanks, guys. Lots of fun as usual. See you later. There's Bye. Here's what's hot, Vic, from Narara Valley Nursery every Saturday morning. Who can feel right at home with the gardening gang? Coast FM 963. Uh, what a great track there. Love songs today because Valentine's Day, the day to give away a lovely flower to the one you love, is Tuesday, 14th yes. of Feb. That's and that fun. was Linda Ronstadt. Coming up to eight minutes after nine o'clock with Pete Little and Sherlyn Darcy in our program today, as it has been for several years now, we love our sponsors, Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at Wyoming, open all weekend, and also the Doormaster Security Doors and Windows at Berkeley Vale. Now, friends and neighbours, I hear ring the bell. Hear ye. Yes. Hear ye. <laughs> hear ye. <laughs> it time is to... time to get your hands dirty. Yes, Coasties, get the gloves on, get, get the gum boots on. It's time to get your hands dirty. Now, tomatoes, we've been talking about those a lot. We had Jen from Pickles Patch a couple of weeks ago on talking about looking, you know, preserving those tomatoes. You're going to have to do a bit of that now. So it's starting to get to the point that if you leave too many of your tomatoes on the vine, as Pete likes to say, the the plant's starting to die and the plant and the t- tomatoes are going to fall on the ground and just rot away. So you're going to need to pick those and don't be scared of picking green ones because you can make lovely chutneys out of them. Or if you don't want to do any cooking, like lovely Jen, you can stick them in your... Uh, don't put them in the fridge. They won't ripen very well, or maybe at all. Stick them on your kitchen bench somewhere and they'll ripen up there. So get out there and do that. And uh, remembering, you know, tomatoes are annuals. You'll need to pull them up and uh, put them in the compost. Chop them up. Hot pot composts are better. What can you plant this week? 
Good question, Pete. This week you can plant culinary herbs as always. Dwarf beans, beetroot, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbages, carrots, cauliflower, celery, chicory, endive, kohlrabi, leeks. Still put those lettuce in. Mustard, onions, that's a spring onions. Parsnips can go in now. Tubers of potatoes. Oh, my goodness. I just saw that it was like $7 for a packet of crisps. Make your own crisps. Um, Get your potato tubers in. Radishes, rhubarb crowns, shallots, silver beet and spinach can go in now. Hurrah, I love those. uh, Tunips. Turnips can go in. Calendula, candy tuff, Canterbury bells, coneflowers, delphinium, dianthus, everlasting daisies of all types and origins, forget-me-nots, foxgloves, gypsophila. That's the baby's breath that Walzer was talking about. Very popular. Back in fashion. Back in fashion. You can grow it. Hollyhocks, honesty, larkspur, lupins. Oh, I like lupins. Nasturtians, nigella, pansies, Iceland poppies, primulas, status. There's an old-fashioned plant, uh, Pete, you'd probably like to... Yeah, we could put that in as well. I'd like that. What's that one? S- uh, status. You know, the old status. It was purple no usually. No and, idea uh, what you're talking Usually about. stick it as a filler flower. That's, uh, I bet you that's coming back okay. in. And also wallflowers as well. And there's lots more that, other than this, but that's just something to get you started. Wallflowers? Right is now. there a thing called a wallflower? Yeah, I mean, there really is a wallflower. In the old days, the wallflower was the person who stood yeah. to the side of the, you know, the dance hall. Yes. Because no one was going to approach them. Yes. Be it male or female, yeah. for a dance. And I'm sort of wondering if it's because... Oh, they're left out people. <laughs> I don't think they're left I was out. There. But I think it's... Were you there? Was I... <laughs> no, no. no. Oh, that sounds girl, really eh? like I, I was well, I was blonde. Oh, I am blonde. Uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe... The, I don't know. Anyway, well, for, I think that they're called that because... Let's just move on. <laughs> um, I, because they are one of one of the flowers that can sort of go up, up the back a there and stand flower. by themselves and be a wallflower. <laughs> oh, what came first, the person or the flower? There you go. I think the flower. <laughs> I think the wall came first. <laughs> 13 minutes after 9 o'clock, the gang here at Coast FM will talk to Doreen in just a tick about the various markets around the coast mm. this weekend. And what a beautiful mood. Beautiful mood we are for a good, a good market, mood. right? Get a Valentine's present. Meantime, here's some Temptations with My Girl and the Temptations. And with Pete and Sherilyn here this morning, Wallflowers. <laughs> now, out of the blue here this morning, I've learned something that could have been a fact or a fiction question. I, as I mentioned before, I'd only ever thought of wallflowers as people who are on the edge. They weren't mm-hmm. quite, say, pretty enough to get a dance on the dance card. Okay. They would stand around at the, you know, the various yeah, dances. Yeah, yeah. But a listener rang up and you tell the story. Oh, a listener just rang up and uh, they said, look, I, I know, I know why they're called wallflowers. And there is such a thing. And we both agreed and said, that's it. And she said, it's because the wallflowers grow against walls and they can also grow in the cracks and gaps in stone walls. And that's where the name came from. And then people afterwards, uh, it's not actually that they're not pretty enough, Pete. It's the person that stands at the side of a social gathering rather than mingling. That's, that's the way it is. And I said to her, yes, I kind of quite remember this. And they're originally uh, from areas in southeast Europe. That's where they're from. Oh, okay. They're a pretty sort of simple-looking flower. They would be France and around there, wouldn't it? Southeast Europe, that. And maybe then they, Spain. Then they naturalise themselves into the Mediterranean basin as well. And in central Europe now, they're very naturalised and wild right throughout there as well. They occur mostly in warmer areas. 
but they grow very well in Australia. That's why we sort of mention them now if, if you mm. know, you'd like to, to grow them. Very simple-looking flower, I have to say that. <laughs> I'm feeling bad about people who are wallflowers. So you wouldn't prevent a wallflower on Valentine's Day? I oh, don't I think, think it, it would, would be send, appropriate, Although would I do know in the Victorian language of flowers, they actually mean kindness. That's oh. what they mean. So yeah. they don't actually mean standing away from everybody. So so there you go. There <laughs> is a such thing as wallflowers. Simple little flower, pretty I little flower. here on the gardening gang. <laughs> <laughs> Our gardening gang with Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. Mm. And uh, Tanya's on the line right now. And today mm-hmm. we're myth busting. Myth busting. Okay. <laughs> the, like listening there. Yes. Uh, yeah, they were popular Tanya segments. Tanya has and... been a, a vet nurse uh, for many moons, many moons, mm-hmm. and has the answer to all these silly myths Everything. that get you know, spoken about. Now, have you got one there? Look, you I've having... got a few. Uh, oh, Tanya, hello. Look, we're so excited about this. We haven't even said hello to our Tanya, hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. (laughs) Well, our last two segments on myth-busting, we had myth-busting for dogs and then we had another one about cats. So today we're myth-busting just animals. What is the biggest myth myth you'd like to raise today? I'm going to say, the same format as before, Tanya, I'm going to say the myth out to Pete and he's going to say if it's true or false and then you're going to quantify it for us. How's that? Does that work with you, Tan? Hey, I'm a little nervous about this. Okay. Yeah. Just relax, Tam. We're both in the same boat here. All right. So number one, bears. Okay, bears hibernate. They hibernate. Oh, well, it depends. Do they? Depends what pulse? country you're in. I mean, I'm sure the American bears, those in Alaska hibernate, but mm-hmm. uh, do koalas, but they're not bears, are they? No, no, no. Koalas no, are koalas, marsupials. They're marsupials. They're not bears. So what sort of bears are in Australia? Are they not? I didn't say it was Australia. Oh, just, oh goodness. Oh. I said this is worldwide animals and that's it. So I've got limited knowledge here, hibernate. but I certainly have this, this myth in my head mm-hmm. that they do hibernate So you in say winter. they do. Okay. Tanya, do bears hibernate? Um, yes. Ah, yes, they do. Oh, they thank do you, Tan. I, I mean, <laughs> they even can you know, woke, they can they can be woken up though. Ah, so see, that's right. I've seen a Yogi a Bear cartoon, <laughs> and he can wake up if need be. Okay, I think I think people are under the impression yeah. that when they hibernate, mm-hmm. it's like they're anaesthetized. Yes, and you see in the cartoons right. that you can sort of go and rattle on the saucer. Right. Yeah. Right in front of them, and like they won't wake up. Mm. But that—that that is not true. But I'm sure a snake that's hibernating, you wouldn't wake that up, would you? <laughs> or wouldn't be silly enough to, or would they wake up? <laughs> Just giving another perspective to other creatures. Up. Will snakes wake think, up when yeah. they're sleeping? Do snakes wake up when they're sleeping? It sounds like a, that sounds like a when name. they're hibernating. When they're yeah. hibernating. They will wake See, up. I think it would be. Easy. I think you can wake up a bear easier than a snake. Yes. Yeah. Snakes think. are pretty well comatose. Okay. I yeah, seem right. to recall not that from my scout days. All snakes hibernate. Ah. All bears hibernate either. Ah, okay. Well, I know koalas don't. Koala, they're not bears. Oh, I okay, we'll go to the next one. Now we're finished with bears. Now that's it. All right, here's oh, one. You're going to tell us if we're right. Oh yeah, wrong. you're right. You're all right. You're right. So they hibernate, but they don't actually completely go. So Sherilyn, okay. you guys are a hundred percent right. Right. Okay. Oh, you're right. Okay. Goldfish have a three-second memory span. 
Now, that's a big one. People will go, oh, you know, memory like a goldfish. Now, I use that all the time about myself. Oh, there's a good question. You know, that's a good one. That's a good miss. Mm. Uh, Listen, I'm just going to come forward now and think... It's longer than that. It's probably more like a couple of minutes. So you think that is a myth, that, that they yeah, actually do? Yeah, I think do. that shorter time right. is a myth. Tanya? Yeah, it's absolutely a myth. They, um, yeah. I think there's been studies, and they, goldfish, they remember their owners, and they remember, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they remember, like, vibrations and sound. Like, mm. they know whether it's... I suppose it's memory. Like, they mm. know when they're being fed. Like, they, they know oh, the sounds that represent food and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely Would they know when we get annoyed at them? <laughs> Why would you get annoyed <laughs> you at a bloody goldfish? goldfish. <laughs> 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 bloody goldfish. I've had enough of you. Just joking. No, I'd no. never do that to a goldfish. Well, yeah, ever. you maybe didn't like the music you were playing. Next myth, Next please. myth. Okay, wh- this is going to be, we're going to go to insects now. Wasps. If you leave wasps alone, they'll leave you alone. Oh, that'd have to be uh, a true thing. I, that, that's a truism, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tanya. <laughs> no. Oh. The territorial. Oh. In. You walk into their territory, like their territory, and they will attack you. And I have a funny story about this. I was in Malaysia, <laughs> and this man, he was staying where we were staying. We were at this um, place, um, sort of out in, I'm going to say outback, but that's the wrong terminology. In, so the, bu- in, in the, the bush, bush, yeah. In the bush. In the bush, yeah. And this man... <laughs> This man went and I'm not sure what he was doing, but he walked into this area where these wasps were and they chased him. This oh. wasp chased this man. He had to go swimming in this in this lake to get away. <laughs> That's like something off a movie, a Yogi Bear <laughs> cartoon as well. The, with the and it was quite funny because he was sort of the, you know, annoying Yes. Type person of the group. Was he American? Was he American? No, he was actually from Nimbin, of all places. <laughs> That's annoying. That's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the type. Mm. <laughs> all right. Yeah, is- oh, Let's yeah, uh, move away from the okay. Malaysian myths. Let's and go with that. So, bulls, we, were all like, we see a few bulls around here like, Rrr. bulls are enraged by the colour red. Oh. Mm. Uh, I seem to remember the. Uh, reply to that question before many, many years ago, they are actually stirred up by a bright colour, regardless of what that is. It could be a white, it could be, it could be a, a could yellow be or whatever. Like it. You Tanya? Know. Yeah, that's my... No, you're so close, Pete. It's not the colour. It's just the... Like, they're actually colourblind. It's just the waving of oh, fabric. Oh, like it's the waving. You can wave anything. Okay. Or like, yeah, or even... You could, you could wave your undies in those... <laughs> Attack you, my God. Okay, now uh, we're getting away from the Malaysian myths now. Okay. So let's go to the interior of the desert. I see the, one here. Yes, yeah. I, I like this one. Camels store water in their humps. Absolutely. One hump, two hump, three humps. Full of water. Tanya. Full of water. You know, I, I think I was taught this at school, oh. but I have come to know that they actually store fat in their hump. It's a fat hump. 
it's not old fat. It's not like it's not like fat that makes their humps grow, but I think it's um it's it, they saw fat, so either they were abandoned in the desert or something mm. and they couldn't find a food source. They they'll live uh, off the as fat. As I know, it's well it it yeah, it's a, a source that I thought it was water too. I feel really stupid. I now. thought it was, but oh, I that's don't good. know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know because I'm sure that I learned at school that it was water. So, so did I. But it's, yeah, so is this I a myth know, we haven't busted or. yet, have we? No, we have, I think we I know. I think we need to... Check more research. I think I was ahead probably today, Sherilyn. We can't um, bust that myth, and I went pretty close to the rest of them as being not bad. Um, you're not too bad. Hey. Thanks, guys. Let's take the medal to now. Pet care, pet nurse. Yes, she Thanks, is. Thanks, Tan. Thanks, Tan. You're listening to Coast FM 963 at home with the gardening gang. FM, Pete Little, Cheryl and Darcy here Saturday morning with the Gardening Gang. Lachlan McDonald, we're talking about the property report. Yes. Lachlan's back online here. Yay. Good morning, guys. Hello. Now, last week in the Sydney Morning Herald, I found an interesting article about the uh, the state of play at the Karingai Council, which is just down the road a bit mm. there. It's our adjoining council to the Central Coast. And they were rabbiting on about uh, the need to uh, have the uh, the government readdress the whole issue of fines for people who illegally cut down trees on their land. Oh. And mm. these would be native. I don't think it applies to a palm tree, does it? I think it's only natives. Uh, oh, yes. Well, in my experience, no. It would be native, native trees, trees and, yeah. and those that are deemed to be historic. Well, Lachlan, uh, you're probably aware. Uh, what, someone said $3,000 is the uh, current fine if you uh, get caught knocking down a tree from your property to improve the view. Would that be about the number you've yeah. heard? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Point. It depends, obviously. Uh, yeah. Well, but, uh, certainly. $3,000, I think $3,000, 6000 for a business. Now, that would have been probably a fairly stinging fine years ago. Mm-hmm. But these days when the blocks of land are like 800000 bucks to a million dollars just for a basic block, mm-hmm. that's only threepence. It $3, is. $3,000 right. is just a, nothing. a few blades of grass. <laughs> and... and uh, but I'm sure you can imagine, uh, you know, the the cost, uh, you know, analysis when you look and go, hmm, that tree's blocking uh, my water view. Yes. Oh, tomorrow? Oh, it's not. I'm prepared to pay $3,000 yeah. and go to court this and fight that. This terrible. I had yeah. no idea it was so low. Well, I bring this to the attention of the gang and also mm. to the property industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, clearly it's not the responsibility of the um, the, 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 the agent to mm. to police this, you know, in any shape or form. But, Lachlan, what's the state of play now with all these things where they were applied to a block of land? Back when the legislation came out, land mm. was only like 40, 50 grand a block. Now it's mega. Are there other things that maybe the government should be looking at to review? With uh, certainly, which says you know, as you say, people take into the sort of the cost of doing business. Really, they go, yeah, okay, well, you know, we need to take down the tree, and it's going to cost you a fine, but uh, you know, you get what you want, and um, that's obviously not the way that it's intended to be. So that's definitely something which um, perhaps could be brought into line with the the property value. Um, but the um, the other thing too is obviously we've spoken about at length before is things like stamp duty. I mean, it was based on those sort of forty and fifty and sixty thousand uh, dollar blocks of land, yes, you know, yes, and yes, yes, yes. and things. Yep. Um, but it's such a lovely money spinner uh, for for the uh, for the government that um, you know you you know it's a sort of always uh, a real bone of contention. 
Um, so that's that's one thing, I suppose. Um, you know, obviously, um, uh, you know, there's, there's there's plenty of things that with property that as properties have increased over the years that maybe some of the, the legislation that's in place doesn't quite match up. I mean, it's even the same with, with real estate and the sale of real estate is there's, you know, quite a bit of antiquated, antiquated uh, legislation that doesn't match the digital way that we do business too. Hmm. Right, yes. Well, you'd be part of that every day, on an everyday basis. I'm, I'm yeah. just wondering some of these fees that they charge us uh, when you're coming into that. I know when I went and paid off my mortgage, this is a few years ago, I was really surprised that you don't, there's no deeds anymore. There's no paper deeds anymore. It's all really? digital. Yeah. Is well, it, it, yeah. It, it, Lachlan knows like that. comes in a cigarette box. You it? get nothing. <laughs> comes, yeah, it comes in a cigarette box. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, no, you don't get anything. And then I had one and then they they gave it to me and they said, oh, I said, oh, that's great. They said, oh, you can just have it. Because I'm thinking I have to put it in a safety deposit uh, box. They said, I can just have it. I said, well, what will I do with it then? Put it on your wall. It's just, and she said at the bank, I won't say which bank, it's an antique now because everything's digital. And I went, where which did bank? that happen? <laughs> and, it, and you know what else? Lachlan knows this. Who looks after those digital files of uh, deeds? Chinese. Yeah, I, I would have thought that they were provided, obviously, digitally, but uh, to the land titles office. Um, but is there something different to that? Uh, there is. I was told by the bank that it's a private company now that the government has engaged to look after all of oh, our deeds. Detective so, Darcy, you've done well. I was a bit like, oh, really? So, But my deed is is with some private company. And I'm like, I don't like the idea of that. And she went, no, it's not a good, it's not good, is it? Not secure. Like, no. Not totally well, secure, um, let's, let's, let's hope they don't have a, uh, a, a cyber attack moment, Cheryl, or you might come home and someone else is living in your house. Yeah, I know. That's what might happen. I should have kept a little bit on my mortgage, you know, so at least the bank had my papers. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you people crazy, you really are. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Lachlan, for that. Um, well, you've heard it first here on The Gardening Gang, maybe the Fines for knocking off the trees should be increased. Oh, a lot. They should be like 30,000. You think 30,000? Absolutely. What do you reckon, Lachlan? Do you think she's a bit tough or not? 30,000? No, I think, I think she's, she's, she's onto it, you know, because people just go ahead and do what they please. And yeah. unfortunately, yeah. what ends up happening then is is the people that benefit are the not-so-nice people, and um, yeah. that's not the way it should be. That's no, right. If you want a view, here's my thing. If you want a view, then you go pay for a block of land that is sitting on top of a hill or sitting right by the waterfront. That's what you do. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that sounds, uh, uh, you know, that sounds like a, um, a, a very positive approach there. Thank you very much, guys. Lachlan, thank you for your time. Have a nice weekend there out in the property uh, the property world. Good luck to you. Thank you, guys. Cheers. There's Lachlan McDonald right. there from Ray White McDonald Partners appearing every week here with The Gardening Gang. There's an invitation for you. More, more, more by the Andrea True Connection, part of the classic hits on Coast FM. And this month, thanks to our sponsor, which is, by the way, Matt's Diner at Forrester's Beach, we have those classic love songs. Mm -hmm. And, by the way, Johnny at Bad Bay, I've got one for you coming up with Elvis Presley. Now, Sheryl, next week on The Gardening Gang, we're going to talk about community gardens. We are. We are. Why? 
Well, there's been lots of talk about community garden rents and how hard it is to get a DA and lots of things like that. So we've, we're going out and talking to community gardeners. We're also going to let the listeners know how they can put a community garden together. There's a lot of people out there who'd like to do it. So with the steps to do that, uh, is it is it hard to do? Is oh. it worthwhile? <laughs> is it worthwhile as well? <laughs> lots of information about that and I can't wait. We've got a big, big week of going out and talking to our community gardens, gardeners. Okay. So the topic is community gardens yes. in your suburb. How mm. hard is it to put together? Do you want one? Find out <laughs> next week. 963 Coast FM.